The Dallas Cowboys are double-digit favorites over the Colts this weekend. Will they get a win, or could the Colts play spoiler here in Week 13? All that more in this crossover edition of the Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Colts podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's crossover show is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's so easy to play. No competing against other players. It's just you versus the projections available. All you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It is that easy. We love prize picks, and we know that you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That is prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I am Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cowboys. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Jake Arthur from Locked On Colts. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Arthur uh, NFL. Jake, how are you doing today, sir? I'm awesome. It's always great to uh, have this this couple day hangover from a Colts Monday night affair where they just uh, do not show up and show out, to put it lightly. Yeah, so we are going to be talking about this Sunday night football game. It's- Sunday night football. I, I kind of can't believe you didn't flex this game out in favor of like Chiefs Bengals or Dolphins 49ers. But here we are. Let's talk about the biggest storylines for both of these teams. Uh, Jake, I kind of think we have to start with Jeff Saturday, right? Yeah, because I mean, it's so far the Colts have kind of followed this this trajectory of, of a normal interim head coach hire. You know, it, it catches lightning for a week or so. Guys, you know, are playing higher than, than expected. Fired and then up. it just kind of levels out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's a former player. He can relate to these guys in the locker room. Them losing a head coach that they loved in Frank Reich, really, I think, it, it, it put a sense of urgency in them if there wasn't one already. And they realized, oh, wow, heads are rolling. Like, we need to get going. And so they went out and they beat the Raiders. They went and they really should have beat the Eagles last week. They controlled that game for 58 and a half of 60 minutes and then just came out and looked totally flat against the Steelers who are a lot closer to the Raiders than they are the Eagles. Uh, so you really don't know what this team is anymore under, under Jeff Saturday. It seems like they've kind of regressed back a little bit to the team that they were under Frank Reich. And it brings up a lot of issues why they moved on and uh, moved on and brought in Saturday in the first place. What about Matt Ryan? Um, he was inserted into the lineup once Jeff Saturday was made the interim head coach. Uh, there were moments against the Steelers where he had some really nice throws. He did a good job of not taking a ton of sacks, but how has that been now that he's back into the lineup for a second time? Yeah, it's so really for the whole season, not much has changed. He's turning the ball over a little less in these last couple of games since he's been reinserted into the lineup, but not much has changed in the season overall. Uh, he's not really the guy you thought you were going to get. And I think a lot of that is, is issues with the, his protection. 
Uh, he's just been shell-shocked at this point. And even when he does have time to throw the ball, it seems like that's when he makes some of his worst decisions or, or worst throws. And so he's just kind of a guy with a weaker arm now. The ball doesn't doesn't slide into those tight windows very well. And defenders know that, and so they can jump those passes and, and you know get a hand on them. And, man, I mean, it's it's good to have a guy who's been there, done that, and seen everything. But at the same time, you know, they're kind of missing uh, obvious pre-snap blitzes and, and things like that. And it's it's a really it's just really curious to see because you're just not getting the performance you would think you'd be getting from a 15 year veteran. And there's no playmaking there at all anymore. Right. Like if the play is designed to go for seven yards and Michael Pittman's open for seven yards, pretty good chance they're getting seven yards, right? There's no, Hey, I'm getting outside the pocket and Paris Campbell streaking down the sideline. I'm going to hit him on a 50 yard bomb. Like that part of the offense just isn't there. And it's why, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong. It's just why, this offense can look good at times, but it's not terrifying at all. Yeah, no, it really shouldn't scare anybody. They've they've done nothing to to earn that that respect so far. But the the thing is, they have guys, and there's opportunities there to make those big plays. Uh, we've seen it. Last week was a good example. Um, you know, there's really no downfield passing game. Ryan just doesn't really have the arm, and it doesn't seem like he wants to test defenses deep, regardless. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is not a burner, but he's one of the better contested catch guys in the yes. league. And Alec Pierce, that was his bread and butter at Cincinnati. We've he dropped seen those guys. Last week. He, had a, he had a target he did, down the field yeah. that he dropped. He has a couple of those, but like if you put it up high for him and you know the 50-50 rebound type of play, he usually comes down with those. Um, yep. Those guys can make those plays downfield. Like what what like Pittman may lack in downfield speed, you know, he could beat the guy. You know, when, when it comes down to either you or I are catching this, it's usually going to be him. So there's a way to to work in the downfield stuff. It's just not always going to mean there's a lot of separation there. Uh, Paris Campbell, that's a guy. He's usually going to be the fastest guy on the field or one of them. Mm-hmm. He could be used downfield more. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, he catches a handful of balls every game, but they're all dump offs. They're you know they're they're little comebacks a guy with that speed and he can catch the ball. You could get more creative with him as a I pass care. catcher. So the guys are there to be utilized. They're just not really doing it. And on the Cowboys side of things, the biggest storyline is, is this team a Super Bowl contender? We, we've seen them dominate the Vikings. They took care of business on Thanksgiving against the giants, but then they played down to their competition. They lose to a bad green Bay Packer team. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but they lose to a bad Packers team. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, this is a game that Dallas should win. Do they play with their food a little bit and let the Colts hang around? And all of a sudden, does Chris Collinsworth get really excited about Jonathan Taylor runs late in the third quarter? Or is this game over at halftime? And is it 28 to three? And all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing Cooper rush in this game. I mean, that's the thing with if you are a true championship caliber team. I don't think you let the Colts hang around, right? Like the Colts are ready. I don't want to say they're ready to lay down because that's that's not fair. But the talent differential in this game is so massive. The rest differential is huge, right? The Colts coming off a Monday night game have to travel to Dallas on Sunday night. The Cowboys are coming off a Thanksgiving game at home on Thursday, playing at home on Sunday night. This is the game that 
the Cowboys need to dominate. And I'm curious to see if they will. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's, I, I really don't see much of a scenario where the Colts win unless the Cowboys just inexplicably come out flat and, and just completely play down to their competition. I mean, I'm which, sure you remember. Tw- oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, which has happened. The Eagles almost did the same thing just a few weeks ago against the Colts, so it can't happen. Yeah. No, it for sure can. The Colts do have these odd wins. They beat the Chiefs earlier in the year. They should have beat the Eagles, arguably the top two teams in the league at the time of each game. Wild. And I'm sure you remember 2018 quite well. Colts win 23-0 to zero against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. like kind of mm-hmm. out of nowhere. I kind of feel like the roles should be reversed in this matchup. I just I, – I look at the Colts' offensive line, and I look at, like, Micah Parsons, and I just cringe. I like – the, the the Colts offense has shown that they could be totally dominated and lifeless. And I think the Cowboys are a defense that could force that once again. All right. Let's talk about the biggest matchups in this game. And I got a feeling Jake, we're going to be talking about that one that you just mentioned, but before we do that, we wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by audible. Audible is releasing a new slate of football podcasts uh, that we know you're going to love because you're listening to this football podcast right now. Uh, find Think Like a Champion. Now, wherever you get your podcasts, Think Like a Champion is a brand new podcast from Russell Wilson and Audible. Russ is a champion on the field, but off it, we really know how the grind uh, how the grind on the path to greatness is. Russell Wilson, alongside co-host Harry Wilson and the late Trevor Moore, dig into high-performance athletes, artists, and leaderships, or leaders that push the boundaries of their potential. You can hear players like Fawn Miller, talking about how to win a Super Bowl. And each episode features interviews with Olympic medalists, NFL stars, and business leaders. Hosts will swap stories and share proven mental techniques that have gotten the world's most elite performers across the finish line and beyond. Available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcast. Head over to Lockdown Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast available everywhere now audible get in the game all right jake let's talk about some of those biggest matchups and we let's just start with micah parsons because you mentioned that one um the cowboys have done a really good job of moving micah parsons around to to exploit matchups where do you want to see him least line up in this game yeah, so assuming they use him most off the edge, I would really least like to see him over left tackle Bernard Ryman. Ryman's honestly coming off his his best game in his young career uh, last week against the Steelers. But opponents have known when they need a pressure, when they need a sack, they know where to go. And whether they bend the edge or they just bull rush him back, they've been able to get it. Uh, the Eagles, Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham, two savvy veterans, they both knew where to, to go and attack. And the sacks that those guys both got near the end of the game kind of killed the Colts totally. And then same thing with the Steelers last week. Alex Highsmith, he had nine sacks coming into the game. Ryman had done a pretty good job against him. And then Highsmith just knew he was going to be able to get it. Blew Ryman up, got the sack fumble uh, against Matt Ryan. So Ryman might might put up some good tape for a bit, but then... Once Parsons knows it's time to eat, I think that's where he's going to be able to attack it. Yeah, and what's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys decide to attack Ryman because what they might do, and what I wouldn't be surprised to see them do, is keep 
somebody like Dorrance Armstrong over on that side or Sam Williams or Dante Fowler and then use Lawrence and Parsons on the right side of their offensive line, believing you know, we can use those two guys in some stunts. Um, it's Braden Smith back out right tackle now, I believe, correct? Yeah, yeah it's it's Smith. He did a pretty good job against TJ Watt last did year. A but really he's good had, job. Yeah, he's had his lumps this year too. So maybe we see Parsons more on that side to just try to maximize the pass rush, but I wouldn't be surprised either if you just see the Cowboys using a bunch of different looks and a bunch of different players. So Ryman can't get a beat on what Parsons is doing. He's going to see a 242-pound edge on one snap, and the next snap you might see them play Oso Digizua, their 300-pound defensive tackle over there. So I would expect the Cowboys to do a lot of different things to keep this offensive line uh, thinking. I will say the, the other matchup that I'm really excited to see is Stephon Gilmore against all of the Cowboys receivers, but specifically CD lamb. Uh, and my question for you is the Cowboys like to move CD lamb around a lot. He's playing in the slot, like 55% of the time. Do you expect Gilmore to travel into the slot to follow CD? Uh, probably not. Um, they don't necessarily travel a whole lot. They kind of stick to their own sides. Like Gilmore was on Devontae Adams with the Raiders quite a bit, but they also allowed Isaiah Rogers to take care of, of Devontae Adams. So I don't really anticipate that Gilmore will travel along. Um, Gilmore tends to stick to the right side of the defense. Um, so he, he may see plenty of CeeDee Lamb throughout the game, but no, they're, they're an equal opportunity defense uh, for better or worse. For some reason, uh, Brandon Faison kind of out, you know, outperformed Isaiah Rogers last week. They didn't have Rogers on the field as much in the second half. They said so they could save him for more special teams. Which Rogers has been an outstanding corner this yep. year. He's been almost yep. as good as Gilmore. Very rarely targeted. So if they have Brandon Faison out there, that's I would I would circle that. I would target it every single play. <laughs> Dan, well, Dan and I also have to ask about Kenny Moore. So. Kenny Moore, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. I, I was a huge fan of like of Kenny Moore like in 2019, 2020. I thought he was one of the league's most underrated corners. But he struggled a little bit this year. And then he got banged up in the Steeler game. Do you expect him to play? I would think so. Uh, we'll see. The, those guys, they tend they allow them time off during practice. And then as long as it seems like as as long as it seems on like Friday uh, that they're physically good to go, they'll they'll probably let him play. Um, Kenny has has struggled this year, you know, with Matt Eberflus's scheme. It was a lot more free. It allowed guys to to play based on instincts and athleticism, and not as many rules and as and assignments. But now Gus Bradley's scheme, there's a lot more thinking and and things that have to be done. And it took him a while. He started to play better. Uh, he's a really instinctual player. Makes a lot of big plays that way. He'll tackle um, like crazy, too. It's unbelievable. He will. L- little guy, but he's not afraid to to go up and get someone like Derrick Henry. So um, it's tough. He he doesn't always play well when he's banged up. So that could be a real problem if he does play. But, yeah. What I also noticed last week against the Steelers is that they were fine letting Kenny Moore guard like Pat Fryermuth out of the slot, which is very interesting considering the size you know, differential there. So I wonder if the Cowboys will look at their tight end situation with Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson and say, hey, if, if they're going to allow Kenny Moore to stay on these t- huge tight ends, 
that's a matchup that we're fine exploiting over and over again. I'm just, I'm really curious to see what the Colts do with Kenny Moore this week. Yeah, they're they're fine to let him play in a mismatch of size because his arm length and his leaping ability can kind of counter it. But if the guy's lining up against is, has a lot more power than him, that is when it can be a real problem. So if, if Schultz or Ferguson, any of those guys want to get physical with him and, you know, maybe bend the rules a little bit and get a little more physical in their routes. Um, I think that could be an advantage for them. Yeah. Uh, one matchup that I do think really favors the Colts that I'm really excited to at least watch from like a football nerdum standpoint is uh, DeForest Buckner. We don't have to spend a lot of time on Buckner. He's an amazing player, right? Absolutely fantastic. Now, Grover Stewart. I don't know how many people around the league know who Grover Stewart is, but if you want to watch like one of the better interior defensive linemen in the league, Go watch Stewart. And I, as a Cowboy fan, it, I'm nervous about this match. And if the Cowboys lose this game, it's going to be because Buckner and Stewart inside just wreck havoc in the run game. How do you think they're going to match up against the interior offensive line of Dallas? Yeah, those guys have been outstanding. You could say both of them would deserve a Pro Bowl nod this year. Easily. And it's it's one of those things where they play off each other because you can't really double-team both. You got to figure it out. Um, Stewart's just an elite run stuffer. He can also put some pressure on the pocket, but Buckner is, you know, they're obviously their best interior pass rusher. I mean, it, it looks like the Cowboys can be susceptible to some pressure up the middle, which obviously bodes well for those guys. So someone like Bur- or uh, Tony Pollard might do well running outside. They might be able to take care of Zeke up the middle. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would expect Pollard to probably have a little more of an impact, both as a pass catcher and an outside runner but i tr- those are two guys you trust to do their job every week they've been banged up especially buckner he's had a litany of injuries throughout the year but he's still played through them yeah it's it's gonna be the linebackers that are gonna be in charge of really stopping the run and they did not play well against pittsburgh especially zaire franklin like you're you're noticing now the impact of uh shaq leonard like how just how good of a player he is when somebody like Zaire Franklin has to play more snaps. I think that's where between Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson in the middle of the field, Tony Pollard on wheel routes, Tony Pollard on some of these wide zone runs. That's how the Cowboys are going to be successful in offense is targeting the linebackers uh, and maybe targeting the corners, not named Stefan Gilmore. Let's uh, let's talk about some predictions for this matchup, because I think you and I might have a little bit of a different opinion on how this game goes but before we do that we want to tell you about bet online betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports they've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts again we know that you do because you're listening to this one right now you can find those at bet online as well we are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Over on Bet Online right now, I believe the Cowboys are 10.5 to 11 point favorites, uh, just depending on when you're listening to this. Jake, how do you envision this game going? Yeah, the, the, the Colts are the biggest underdogs of the week over there at Bet Online, and I can see why. Um, it tends to not go well when I give the Colts credit and, and, show them confidence in that they'll do well. So I'm going to go against that this week. Um, I just really don't see them being able to match up well with the Cowboys. I have the Cowboys at 24 to six. 
Uh, the, the Colts have really struggled to score points at times. Uh, it, it appears the Achilles heel of the Dallas defense is the run defense. Mm-hmm. And the Colts will try to establish that. But if they can't, then Dallas's pass defense, I believe they're they're the top ranked or right there near the top. Uh, it could get ugly. Uh, their, their pass rush, they've got a really good group of pass rushers. The Colts haven't protected well, almost regardless of who they're playing. So uh, this could be one that's ugly. Like you had mentioned, there's kind of some hidden factors. Uh, short week for the Colts on the road. The Cowboys have had the rest home and home. Uh, stuff like that can matter. And man, I mean, the, the Colts ha- have some some times where they can, again, like we mentioned, Chiefs, Eagles was a game they should have won. So this is one they could randomly surprise people and do well. I just don't envisioning it happening. If it's if it's gotten to my head, I say twenty four to six Cowboys. So we've seen the Cowboys over the last month or so just let teams hang around. Uh, the Giants had a lead going into halftime against the Cowboys. Um, the Bears, despite the Bears being not a great football team, uh, they hung around against the Cowboys despite Dallas scoring on I think six straight possessions. Detroit was close with them in a game early on. The Cowboys will do this. They will allow teams to to either have leads or be within a score for most of the game. And typically by the third quarter, late, mid to late third quarter, they start to pour it on. But if the Colts can run the ball and Jonathan Taylor can rip off a few big runs and if they can get a lead and if they can avoid the silly sacks and the turnovers, I won't be shocked, Jake, if this is a... 17 to 14 game that the Cowboys are down by going into the fourth quarter. Like that wouldn't shock me at all. And it also wouldn't shock me if three drives later, it's 35 to 17, something like that. So I think this game is going to be close for a while. I don't think it's going to be one where you can go to bed at halftime knowing what the outcome is going to be. I think this is going to be a tighter game than we maybe should expect. That 11 point spread is pretty massive though. It is. It is. Um, I mean that's that's been the Colts ball game all throughout the season though those tight those tight games into the teens you know into the late third quarter or so so what you just said that's that's been very reminiscent of the Colts entire season so wouldn't surprise me either um I would I would just expect the Cowboys offense to have a little more firepower the Colts defense has been great but last week against the Steelers they did show signs of beginning to crack you know you can only carry the team for so long yeah uh, if, if the Colts offense keeps having these three and outs, these turnovers, you know, giving giving the defense a short field, keeping them on the field constantly, then it it could get pretty ugly. It, it just totally depends if the Colts play to what their potential like sometimes they do, but a lot of times they do not. And you just never know what team you're going to get on a uh, on a given day. All right. Just to recap, uh, we're really curious to see how the Cowboys perform as a double-digit point favorite in this one. If you are a Super Super Bowl-caliber team, go take care of business. Don't let the Colts hang around. For the Colts side of things, it's just, can they play better under Jeff Saturday? Can they figure out a way to keep things close? Can the offense get a little bit better? Keeping an eye on that. For the matchups, we're we're really watching the offense and defensive lines for both teams in this game. How does Micah Parsons perform? Where does he line up? Can the Cowboys block DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart? The answer is no. Jake, you and I think maybe this game does end up being a little tighter than expected. We both think the Cowboys will win. 
I'm a little bit more opt- or pessimistic that the Cowboys will be able to blow them out. You have them winning 24 to 6. Is this the last Colts primetime game for a while? Please tell me the answer is yes. It's not. They have uh, oh. they have the Chargers coming up as well and then, you know, the, I I think they have one or two that could be flexed which I mean they're nothing will nothing will go go uh, go their way on that but uh, it is not going to be the last time they grace your tv on primetime which is rough because jim Rossay really has fought for those primetime games in recent years because it's been a while like I, yeah. I think monday night was the the first monday night home game since 2015 and man this was this was just not the season to get all those games because they have like four or five primetime games this year so not uh, not the best time for that no, this is the last Cowboys primetime game for a while. They play the Jaguars and then the Texans in the next two games. Um, we're going to see lots of 1 p.m. starts for the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, should be a lot of fun. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Colts your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, all the same places that you would download Locked On Colts and Locked On Cowboys. Go check out Jake on Twitter, at JakeArthurNFL. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. Jake. Enjoy Sunday night football. Enjoy this matchup, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks, man. You too. Should be a good one, maybe.